Hallelujah. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to try to read this scripture without my glasses. I had two cups of coffee this morning, and I feel kind of locked in, so I feel pretty good. Hallelujah. Give me coffee and Jesus, and I'm pretty good, y'all. <laughs> Probably Jesus and then coffee. I'll say it in that order. And y'all want me to have Jesus, and you want me to have coffee, too. I will say that. Praise the Lord. Matthew 21, 1 through 11. <clears throat> I'm going to be reading out of the NIV, so here we go. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell, them, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right back. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's pray. Father, I pray the anointing of your spirit be in this house. Use me, Lord, to speak this word. I pray, God, that you place the anointing upon me to make preaching easy today. I just want to get out of the way, Lord, and I want your words to come forth because your word is powerful. Your word is true. Your word is sharp. Your word cuts deep and it divides, but it brings forth truth. Reveal, Lord, what is in our hearts today. I pray revelation in this house, and I give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everybody said, amen. Give him a 10-second great big praise. If you are thankful for him, if you are grateful for him, if he's given breath to your lungs, you might as well praise him right now. Come on, three more seconds. We're not done. Three more. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Some of you went to cardinal games and baseball games and football games and, and track meets and, and hockey games. And you shout and you cheer. But we're talking about the king of kings right now. We're talking about the one who gladly laid his life down for you. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for being here today. Today is what is referred to as Palm Sunday. And 
Palm Sunday is the uh, the beginning of what is known as Holy Week or Passion Week. And Passion Week is the, the, the last week of the life of Christ ending with Jesus hanging on the cross saying, it is finished. And when Jesus said, it is finished, the, the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. And scripture tells us, and I feel the anointing right now, scripture tells us that Jesus made a public spectacle of the works of the enemy. Come on, somebody. He made a public mockery of Satan himself. Hallelujah. And then we know three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. Somebody ought to give him some praise right now. That ought to make somebody want to shout. Jesus came and conquered the works of the enemy and he rose again three days later. That is what our faith is based upon. So that ought to get you excited in here. Amen. Amen. So all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they have this account of the triumphal entry as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rode into the city of Jerusalem. If you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four synoptic gospels have this account, and they are, are all very, very, very similar in their details. As Jesus rode into the city, if you study this out, you'll find that people would have lined the streets some would have been singing, some would have been praising, and they would have been waving palm branches in the air, and some would have thrown the palm branches down on the ground, anticipating the coming of this king. Because palm branches were a symbol of joy, a symbol of victory, a symbol of triumph. So in these days, in Bible times, kings or conquerors, they would have been greeted with palm branches. So if a king was coming to town, everybody would align the streets waving palm branches or throwing them down on the ground as the king would have been ushered in. That was what was taking place on this original Palm Sunday. Can somebody say amen? So people would have waved these, these palm branches and would have laid them down. And this right here in Matthew 21, what I just read, this triumphant entry was Jesus fulfilling Old Testament prophecy found in Zechariah 9, verse 9. It's kind of alluded to here in Scripture. And Zechariah, the prophet, says, See, your king comes to you riding on a donkey. When Jesus, our Lord and Savior, came riding on that donkey into the city of Jerusalem on that very first original Palm Sunday, Jesus was declaring to everyone that he is the Messiah. Prophecy was being fulfilled when Jesus came riding in saying, I am the Messiah and I am the King. Everybody would have and should have known this, but as we all know, many missed out on this. Even today, Many people around the world, they miss out that Jesus is the true Messiah. But as Jesus entered into the city, people worshiped, people were praising, people were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Thank you, Pastor RJ and Ashley for singing that song. It's amazing. It's powerful. And that's what they were doing. They were singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And this word, Hosanna, and this is, let me just stop for a minute. This is really what I'm going to be basing my preaching on today. The people singing Hosanna and Hosanna in the highest. This word, Hosanna, has a couple different meanings. It is a, it is a Greek word, Hosanna, and it means an expression of adoration or praise or joy. But that Greek word, Hosanna, has a root word, and it's two words, really, from Hebrew, yash 
Anna, Yash Anna, and it means please save us. So in, in Greek, Hosanna, an expression of adoration, praise, joy. But in Hebrew, Hosanna means please save us. And I believe today, as we're reading in Matthew 21, and I believe you would see it in all four of the Gospels, you would see both of these meanings coming up as you would study here this Palm Sunday. So as they shouted, Hosanna, Jesus was approaching, riding into the city. But as they shouted, Hosanna, and Hosanna in the highest, please hear me, their praise, their adoration, their joy, it was only temporary. Let me just stop and preach for a minute. Don't let your praise, don't let your adoration, don't let your joy for the Lord be temporary. These folks, and we're going to find out about it here in just a moment, they were lining the streets. They were waving. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. But their praise and their adoration to the king was only temporary. Soon their cheers turned to jeers. Did you hear that? Soon their cheers turned to jeers. And that is the title of my message today. And we know many in this same crowd that were singing Hosanna and Hosanna to the highest. A few days later, they exchanged words of praise to words of death. Many in this triumphant entry crowd went from singing Hosanna to a few days later singing and shouting, crucify him. And as my title my message states, they went from cheers to jeers. But why? Why? How could someone go from shouting Hosanna to a few days later shouting crucify him? Why? Why? Why would so many seem to be praising Jesus one moment and just a few days later seem to completely turn on him? You see, this crowd... There on that original Palm Sunday, these people cheered as he entered into Jerusalem. But a few days later, they were shouting insults. They were mocking him. They were calling for his death. Think about this for a minute. Have you ever really thought about Have you ever studied this and really thought about that? We get excited seeing people shouting, Hosanna. And we should because of the, the meaning, the definition of the word Hosanna. We should be excited because it's adoration, it's joy, it's praise. We should be excited about that. And that's what they were doing. They were shouting praises to God. But have you ever truly sat and studied this and thought about how could they go from praising to speaking death? How could they go from speaking life to speaking death in a matter of a few days? How, how could this happen? I've thought about this this week. And as pastor of this church for a little over 10 years, and actually I got thinking about this this morning, I've been preaching this month for 17 years. I can't believe that. 17 years this month I've been preaching since 2005. Wow. But sadly, as I've witnessed so many times something very similar to this, as to where I've seen people praise, where I've seen people cheer on Jesus, and the very next moment, it seems like when things weren't going well in their life or things were coming at them like a storm or a trial, they went from singing praises to now they're upset with the Lord. And I'm not talking about 
new Christians. I'm not talking about people who just got saved and born again, and they don't understand what it means to walk this life of faith and really truly trust in him and every aspect of their life. No, no, no. I'm talking about seasoned saints going from praising to speaking so derogatory or acting like God has done something so bad to them. I'm talking about people who stand behind pulpits and preach and teachers who teach the word and praise teams and worship pastors going from praising to speaking derogatory. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it with my own eyes where people go from worship to acting like God is so amazing to acting like God has let them down in a matter of moments. So why? Why? Why would people do something like this? How could a person go from cheers to jeers? And as we continue on, I'm going to do my very best to explain this. I just need you to do your very best to hang with me. Does that sound like a pretty good deal? If I do my best, you'll do your best. Is that agreement? If you believe it, say amen. If you're going to be giving your best, say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On what we call Palm Sunday, Jesus rode into the city. People were shouting. People were, were, were praising God. Many were praising Jesus because of the miracles that he had been doing. Some may have been just caught up in the moment of excitement at that time. All we know from reading scripture is the crowd was cheering Jesus on. On that day, they were shouting and singing praises. But on Friday, after Jesus was arrested... And after Jesus was standing before Pilate in that trial, this same crowd went from shouting praises to now shouting, we want Barabbas, give us Barabbas, crucify Jesus. They went from shouting praises to shouts of crucify. So why? What would make this crowd change? Why could they go from cheers to jeers how could they go from speaking life to speaking death here's the answer here's the answer they had religion not relationship mm. i said they had religion not relationship they had a form of godliness but denied the power and as pentecostals we get excited when we preach cliches and preach things like that we'll take one scripture out and we'll begin to preach it and i've done it i'm guilty i've been there done that they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof and you get a pentecostal church shouting and hooping and hollering but we take that scripture out of context because that's not what that's meaning pastor connor preached about it a few weeks ago and he was so right on they had a form of godliness but denied the power what is the power it is the power that is in jesus christ the love of god that transforms lives they had a form of godliness but denied the power what did they deny the love of god who came in the flesh and revealed as Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Can I get an amen right now? Their words on that Palm Sunday, when they were praising, it really didn't match their heart. Their praise came from their flesh, not from a place of intimacy. Ooh, let me say that again. Their praise came from their flesh not from a place of intimacy. I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to many of you. I'm preaching to some on Facebook and YouTube because we're all guilty of this. Sometimes our praise comes from the flesh instead of an intimate place 
a, a place of intimacy. We have a form of religion, but we don't have relationship. I'm talking truth in here right now. These people on this original Palm Sunday, many of them, their praise came from religion, came from tradition, came from a form of rituals, so to speak. Their praise didn't come out of relationship with the king. And I think this happens more often than we even realize in church. I think many times, my brothers and sisters in church, we act just like this. Because we know when to shout. We know when to clap. We know when to lift our hands. If we don't, we got a cheerleader saying, come on, lift your hands. Come on, somebody shout. Come on, somebody clap. I preached about it last week. We have gotten so good at having church without his presence. We know when to shout. We know when to clap. Because we have a form of religion and we really don't have true relationship. We're worshiping and praising out of our flesh. Oh, I feel like preaching. We're worshiping and praising out of our flesh instead of a place of intimacy. Are you hearing me? And I even think many times as believers when everything's going right and everything seems to be going as planned and and we 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 worship god because uh, jesus seems to be doing everything we want him to do we'll praise him when you got money in the bank and cattle on the range and your kids are coming to church and everything is pie in the sky we'll come in and high five people and and fist bump somebody and be like oh hallelujah praise the lord and we come right up to the altar lifting our hands but the moment Something doesn't go your way. The moment a trial comes, a moment a sickness tries to attach itself to you, the moment something doesn't go as planned in your life, you throw yourself a pity party, you start moping around, and you don't come in here and you worship. Because you're in the flesh, it's a form of religion, and you're not worshiping from a place of intimacy. Can somebody say amen? Cheers turn to jeers many times when trials or something unexpected happens in our life or life doesn't go as planned. We turn our cheers to jeers. Come on, somebody. And what this shows me is that this person's praise and worship to Jesus is shallow and fleshly. And it's only lip service. What this reveals is a person's heart towards God. Their heart screams religion, not relationship. But hear your pastor today. The Lord wants relationship. Did you hear that? The Lord wants relationship. This is why Jesus was robed in the flesh and came to this earth. This is why he made that journey on that donkey riding into Jerusalem so he could lay his life down and bridge that gap between sinful man and a holy God. He did it because God wants relationship with you. God wants to read. God longs to have relationship with you. I could preach for two hours straight about how Adam and Eve jacked it all up in the Garden of, of Eden, right? Separation came in, 
And God sent his only son to this earth to restore what? That relationship. He longs to have relationship with each and every one of us. Can I get an amen? He wants you to trust him. He wants your heart. He wants your all. He wants your all in good times and in bad. He just wants you. He wants all of you. He, he sees you. He sees when the tears drip on your pillow. He sees when you mess up. He sees and knows everything about you. You might as well get real with God. Can I get an amen? He just wants you. He longs to have an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. Can, can I get somebody to say amen? So I have a few questions. What does your praise look like when trouble comes your way? What does your worship look like when Jesus isn't doing what you think he should do? My praise and my adoration to Jesus shouldn't be contingent on what God can do for me. Your praise, your hosanna, that adoration, that joy, your praise, your worship, your adoration to Jesus should never ever be contingent on what God can do for you. My, 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 I'm preaching to somebody right now that needs to hear this. These people on that original Palm Sunday, they had religion, not relationship. They had what I call consumer Christianity. And it's so prevalent in the church today. What can you, Jesus, do for me? Please hear me. Please hear me. Our praise should never, ever be self-centered. It should be Christ-centered. Let me say that again. Our praise should not be self-centered. Our praise should be Christ-centered. Thank you. Self-centered praise says, what can God do for me? What can God give me? Christ-centered praise says, what can I do for him? What can I give him? Come on, that's good stuff. Our praise should never be dictated by what we think Jesus can do for us. Our praise should always be for who he is. Can I get an amen right now? Come on, let me say that again. Because somebody needs to hear this today. I, I'm telling you, I know without a shadow of a doubt I was supposed to preach this today. Somebody needs to hear this. Our praise should never, ever be dictated by what we think Jesus can do for us. Our praise should always be for who he is. Can I get an amen right now? We praise for who he is, not for what he can do. Well, pastor, I praise him to get my breakthrough. No, 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 no. You need to pray and praise him because he is the Lord of the breakthrough. You'll get your breakthrough when you start praising the Lord of the breakthrough. Well, I, I praise him to get my healing. No, no, no. Praise the healer because he is Jehovah Rapha. Well, I, I praise him because I want to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. No, no, no. Praise the baptizer of the Holy Ghost, and his name is Jesus. Seek the giver, not the gift. Can I get an amen right now? If you seek him, he'll give you what you need. Quit seeking the gift. 
Seek the giver. Quit seeking things that you think that you want from Jesus. The Bible tells us in Matthew, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you if you seek him first. Come on, this will revolutionize your life. This will revolutionize your praise. This will revolutionize your everyday life in Christ Jesus. When you get your focus on him and truly praise him and worship him for who he is, all of these other things will come your way. Can I get a witness right now? Are you all awake? I got five people in here. I'm preaching truth, ain't I, Tabitha? Amen. In this passage that I read in Matthew 21, these people were praising Jesus. Many of them were praising him because uh, of the miracles that he had been performing. He was raising the dead. He was healing the sick. The blind eyes were popping open. Just a few short days before this, Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from the dead after four days. These people knew this. They were worshiping because of the miracles that he was doing. But they also were worshiping because they thought Jesus was going to come in and ride into the city and, and restore Israel and build an earthly kingdom and, and where they would save, where Jesus would save Israel from Roman rule. Are you hearing me right now? This is why I said Hosanna has a couple different meanings. Hosanna, praise, adoration, worship, but it also means please save us. And I honestly believe, truthfully, in Scripture, when you study this, it's the latter what they were meaning. Hosanna, Hosanna in the high. Please save us. Please save us. Oh, we're worshiping because what you can do for us is my point. Hosanna, please save us. Hosanna in the highest. Please, 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 please save us. Again, they were worshiping on that context of what can Jesus do for me. I want you to look at John chapter 12, verse number 12 and 13. Because I'm going to prove to you this is what this is about. John 12, verses 12 and 13. The next day, the, this is still, this is John's uh, version of Matthew 21 that I just read. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king, look at the wording, of Israel. Blessed is the king of Israel. The crowd worshiped Jesus because they wanted him to restore Israel. That's why they were shouting Hosanna. That's why they shouted, blessed is the king of Israel, which he was. But my brothers and sisters, he is so much more. Come on, somebody. He's not just the king of Israel. He is the king of all. He is the king of all kings. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. Hallelujah. Please hear me. Their praise came from an attitude of what can Jesus do for me but don't get it twisted does jesus still perform miracles yes does jesus still set the captives free come on let me ask i'm going to say that again are y'all sleeping today does jesus still perform miracles yes. does jesus still set the captives free yes. 
But that ain't why we praise him. Jesus is still a miracle working God. Jesus still brings life to dead men. Jesus still heals. But that's not why we praise him. These are all byproducts or results from an intimate relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords when we enter into an intimate time of praise and worship. Can I get a witness right now? We should always praise him for who he is, not what he can do. When you get your mind fixed on him and you revolutionize your stinking thinking and, and get it off all this other stuff, what he can do for you, and you just put it on him, these things will come your way. Can I get an amen? So if I'm helping somebody today, I'm glad. You need to quit praising him for, for what you think he can do for you, but start praising him for who he is. He's worthy of all of the praise. If he'd never done another thing, he's still worthy. Come on, did you hear me? If he had never done anything else, he is still worthy. Come on, thank you. If God doesn't do another thing in your life, he is still worthy. Why? Because he is the king. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. 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 So a few days after this crowd was shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Jesus was sold out for 30 pieces of silver by, by Judas Iscariot, and he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you know the story. Jesus was taken, and he stood before Pilate. He was taken. He was beaten. He was flogged. A crown of thorns placed upon his head. Beaten so badly, he was unrecognizable. He was beaten. He was battered. He was bloodied. And I got thinking about this in Scripture because my whole message is cheers to jeers. How could someone go from cheering and praising God in the, in the flesh to now shouting crucify? How could they? I started thinking about this. I'm sure when this crowd saw Jesus riding in on that donkey, they thought, yeah, here he is, the king that's going to save us and set up his earthly kingdom. But now they see this man, a man, Beaten, battered, bloodied, skin hanging off of him. And I'm sure, and I never want to add or take away from Scripture, but I, I try to put myself in these people's shoes. I am sure that when they stood there on that day, when he stood before Pilate, they probably thought to themselves, he don't look like much of a king now. Did you hear that? They were looking at it in the flesh. Religious people look in the flesh. He looked battered. He looked bloody. He looked weak. And to a religious person, that's what he would have revealed himself to. I bet they thought, this guy ain't no king. Look at him. Look at him standing here. So the crowd turned on Jesus. Because at once, they didn't see him as the conquering king that would set up his earthly rule. So they started singing and shouting insults and shouting, crucify him. They went from cheers to jeers. 
because Jesus didn't fit their mold. This is why I know their praise was fleshly. This is why I know it didn't come from an intimate place of relationship. And if there's anything that you hear me say today, I want you to write this down, please. If your praise is based on your situations or your circumstances, your praise will always be conditional. If your praise, I'm talking to everybody in here, mine, yours, every person, and I'm telling you, we've all been guilty of it. If your praise is based on what life looks like around you, what's happening around you, your situation that you may be in, a circumstance that's taking place in your life, if your praise is based on all that, your praise will always be conditional. That's good preaching. Don't be like that crowd on that original Palm Sunday that I've been preaching about today. Love Jesus at all times. In the good, in the bad, on the mountaintops, in the valleys. Praise him anyhow. If you're going through a storm, praise him. You're going through hell, praise him. You're going through a divorce, praise him. If the doctor said that you got some sickness or a disease, you praise him. Your praise should never be conditional. Are you hearing this preacher today? Jeannie Hyman, you're standing up right now, and i got to give honor to you because last Sunday your husband had passed away, and you stood right there with tears dripping down your face. You didn't throw yourself a pity party. You stood right there with your hands lifted in the air singing praises to the king. You know why? Because you got an intimate place with him. Doug and Tabitha, you've buried a baby, but your praise wasn't conditional. You praised him anyhow. Are you hearing this preacher today? You should never, ever, 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 ever let your praise be out of what's happening in your life. You should always praise him because if you do, if you do it that way, if you look at your surroundings and come in here and say, well, I got this going on. I'm, gonna, I'm not really going to worship today. Well, this happened. And you throw yourself a pity party. That's religion, not relationship. And if you are like that, your praise will always be conditional. I'm preaching truth in here right now. Jesus said he will never leave you and never, ever, ever forsake you. That's a promise from him. And the promises of God are yes and amen in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you can stand on his word, and guess what? He is the word. I ain't going to preach that. That's another message. Oh, I'm going to preach that one of these days. I feel that. When they were in the boat, Jesus was walking on the water. And Peter was in the boat. What did Jesus say to him? He said, come. One word. But Jesus is the word. He wasn't walking on that word, come. Woo. He was walking on the word. Which oh, Are you hearing me right now? Yeah, okay, okay. I'm a, I'll work that out and I'll preach that sometime. Amen. Hallelujah.
But please hear me. Please hear me. If you stay focused on Jesus through trials, through storms, through temptation, through whatever comes your way, you'll have an, an intimacy with him. You'll have a power in him. You'll have victory in him. As not just the pastor of this, I'm just going to say, as a, as a Christian brother of yours, it, it bothers me when I see people go through things and they act like God let them down. God never let you down. You need to praise him anyhow. And when you have this mindset, you will always have a pure, unadulterated praise for the King of glory. Can I get an amen? Brother RJ, would you come on up here? I'm closing. If you would, everybody in this house, would you stand to your feet, please? I preach from my heart. It might not have been that deep. But I know it was a word that I was supposed to talk about today. Because in all seriousness, we've all been guilty of this. All of us. Where our praise has been conditional. Where we've acted just like these people on that first Palm Sunday. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Not really praising him for who he is, but praising, thinking what he can do for me. So starting today, Holy Week, Passion Week of 2022, I want all of us to examine our hearts. I want you to take a look at your life and the, any motives on why you would praise Jesus. Why do you come to church? Why do you worship? Why do you pray? Is it to get something or is it just to worship because of who he is? I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray right now for all of us in this house today. And Father, I repent and I ask, Lord, that you would forgive all of us because I feel like, God, that each and every one of us at some point in time, maybe even today, that our praise has been conditional because we feel like that maybe you're not doing what, you, what we want you to do. So I pray, God, that we would all take a long look in a spiritual mirror and examine and check our motives on why we worship you. I worship you, God, because you're good. I worship you, God, because you're holy. I praise you because of who you are, oh God. If you've never done another thing, I'm still going to praise you. So, Father, I pray all over this house today, every man, every woman, every young person, I pray that we would check our motives. Touch us now, God. 
and let pure, unadulterated worship come in this house and in our hearts today. I ask this now in that holy name of Jesus. Amen. This altar is open. I want you to come up here and I want you to worship Him. I want you to praise Him. And I want you to ask yourself, do you worship Him? Do you praise Him? Even when He doesn't fit your narrative. Do you worship Him even when things don't go like you think they should? Do you praise Him when you're in that valley? Do you praise Him in that fiery furnace? Do you praise Him in that lion's den? Do you praise Him in that pit of despair? just feel like can I just have some real talk for a minute some of you are walking around with your head down walking around like you're depressed and, man you have breath in your lungs you ought to praise him you have two hands you ought to lift them up in worship to the king yeah you're going through something so am I I'm going through something. Praise God, I don't have cancer, but I'm still going through something that many of you don't know about. But I'm not going to let that dictate my worship. Because no matter what, he's still the king. And he deserves all the glory. So quit walking around with your head down. Quit throwing yourself a pity party. And praise Him. Worship Him. For He is good. Can I get an amen?